As the season changes here in the triad, so does the feeling of being outdoors. The humidity lessens, the mosquitoes start to disappear, it's just more comfortable. But as those things drop, so do the temperatures. So how do you make sure you can still enjoy being outside? Well, here's a solution. How about a screened-in porch with a fireplace? I feel more relaxed just reading that sentence. Our friends at Icon Custom Builders have been transforming homes in the triad since 2005 and can help clients enjoy their homes year-round, through all seasons. Whatever is on your wish list, large or small, Icon can help. You dream it, and their full-service design-build team can turn it into reality by guiding you through every step of the process. Just visit their website, IconCustomBuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hi, this is Melissa and Ben. We're the co-owners of Top Tier Fitness in downtown Winston-Salem. And today we are talking to one of our members, Kurt Midget. Midget. That's Sorry correct. That. <laughs> um, and yeah, we wanted to start off with talking about an overview of your fitness journey. For people mm-hmm. who don't know you, just what, where you're from, yeah. how you got involved in sports. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So I have a pretty lengthy story for mm-hmm. someone that's not quite 30 yet, <laughs> but um, a high level overview of who I am and where my place is in fitness. Um, born and raised in South Florida, West Palm, in a single-parent household. Um, I have two older siblings, Brianka Majit, Roosevelt Majit, and my dad, Roosevelt Majit Sr. So um, growing up, we were all we had. And my dad dropped out of school in the ninth grade. My mom passed um, when I was two years old. So we were what we knew, and you know, we, we made ends meet, and we loved each other very hard. Um, when I was six or seven years old, I got introduced to football, and wasn't by mistake, it's because my brother is three years older and he was a really good football player from early age. And I wanted to be just like him. Everything he did from the tattoo on my neck to the tattoo on my arm and my hair and dreads, my piercings, everything. Everything he did, I wanted to do it. And I always tried to show that I can keep up with him and his older friends. Um, So that's where my competitive nature um, started. When I was nine years old, I made the all-star team in football for the first time. Well, my first time playing tackle football, I made the all-star team, and it's like, this is cool. I went from anger management to playing football and um, had a chance to, you know, really channel that energy in a, in a positive. Um, when I got to high school, I uh, went to Dwyer High School, followed my brother in Palm Beach Gardens, and there I was one of two freshmen to play on varsity. The other freshman that was on varsity is a quarterback for the Cleveland Cleveland Browns, um, Jacoby Brissett. He's a close friend of mine. We've been friends since um, second, third grade. So been surrounded by high-level talent essentially my whole life. It's been cool. But um, so graduating from high school, um, I, I was highly touted recruit, number three outside backer in the country, and ESPN 300, all that good stuff. And you get to, you get to choose five visits. So I chose LSU, Florida, Tennessee, Wisconsin, and um, – yeah, Florida, Tennessee, Alabama. Okay, yeah, took a visit to Alabama also. So um, the, the football journey was awesome. It's, it's going well. I get to Tennessee first year. Um, I start as a freshman. It's first thing to happen. One of the, the first freshmen to start as a freshman at linebacker since the 50s. So super cool. Coming from South Florida, big orange country, go Vols. And um, so my sophomore year, um, banged up a little bit. Freshman, freshman year, All-American. Sophomore year, banged up a little bit. A couple surgeries here and there. Recover my third year. So long story short, my college journey was up and down. 
um, through injuries, but high level performance when I was on the field. Um, so to jump from there, um, I did play professionally. Um, I had an opportunity to play with the Indianapolis Colts, and I also went over to Canada and played for Saskatchewan Rough Riders for a year. And so through my journey with a lot of the injuries, I ended up having um, three knee surgeries, two of them being um, high-level ACLs. Um, one was a bunionectomy on my right big toe, or the great toe. I had um, three shoulder surgeries, one being um, essentially a reconstruction, so just cleaning everything out, and it was pretty intense. And um, I fractured my hip, and um, so the hip fracture was, and yeah, the hip fracture was maybe the most, um, the craziest one for me because I tore my ACL, came back um, from 2012 to 2013. I tore my ACL, came back the following year, lead the SEC in sacks, either led or first or second in SEC sacks, and um, I had 11 and a half sacks that year. So everything's going great. You heal up, you're like, you get to the top of the mountain, then you get knocked down. And you get back to the top of the mountain and you knock down. And it's like, all right, let's get back to the top of the mountain. And so my senior year against Oklahoma, we, um, we, we were a sold-out stadium, kneeling, 102,000 people. I have like four tackles in the first quarter. Everything's going great, right? It's like, this is the best day ever. On a play where it's a special teams play. So they're punting. We're about to receive the ball. Nothing really to do with defense. I'm on the field, and I take a couple steps forward. And my hip just boom. So I, that's how I fractured my hip. No, no contact. So the reason I say that was one of the most impactful injuries is because going from high performance, high attention, high visibility, high prospect. I was talking to Rosenhaus and the team to fracturing my hip and talking to one of the best hip doctors in the country on, hey, you can, you may go, you know, you may go first round. You may continue to play football or you may need a hip replacement within the next year. So that was a roller coaster itself. Um, so yeah, so beyond that, when I finished playing football, I still felt like I was physically able to play football. Mm -hmm. But the reality was, if I put myself on paper and I dinged all the red spots from my injuries or my surgeries, no team's gonna take an investment on me on that, from that standpoint. So um, what I did was I, I kind of proactively transitioned and went back to school. And during my time in school, I, um, I met a buddy that was doing a competition. And I, at that point, I was just trying to figure out what does fitness look like for me? I don't want to squat 585 pounds, you know, five times. I don't want to shrug 605 just to have my traps touch my neck, right? So like, what is a healthy lifestyle that's sustainable, that's also functional, and it's also challenging? And so how my my fitness journey began outside of what I was used to and what I knew. During my time preparing to go back to school, I lived in South Florida. I lived about two miles from the beach. I would run 0.65 miles down to on the soft sand, take two minutes, run 0.65 back. My 0.65 back was supposed to be faster than my 0.65 down. Same thing on the land. I would run one mile, do some burpees, and then do another mile, right? So just trying things. And um, that competition that my buddy introduced me to in, in Knoxville, it, it, it just kicked a, a door that I had no idea was there. So a um, lot of lot of talking just now, but sorry. So yeah, that's that's a good that's a good <laughs> over overview. Um, and it's clear that fitness is a huge part of a part of your life. And what what does fitness look like for you now, like yeah, day so to day? Now, day to day, I would say, quote unquote, everyday athlete, just because 
like Noble says, training is everything, and I really feel that way. And I, I, I tie a lot of stuff back to football, right? Because that's my bread and butter. That's how I learn. I'm very conceptual. I'm very team oriented. I'm very output driven, right? You know, um, snapping, snapping clear mindset. And so my fitness today is, I would consider myself an everyday athlete that wants to continue to get better. Um, I don't want to specialize in one thing like I did for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I am involved in competitions. I've competed in Spartan races, High Rocks, DecaFit. Um, I love movement. I love people. I think that, you know, something that a gym and fitness does, you know, in regards to bringing the community together, removing barriers, you know, starting conversations that would never have started without, you know, just that space being created. I think that's the power of it. That's the external side. The internal side for me is, is binary, right? You say you want to do something, you do or you don't, right? And Ben saw me yesterday pushing the sled. He's like, hey, it's a lot of weight, man. That's, that's, it's, on, it's not on flat ground either, so it's going to be tough. And um, so from that side of it is, to me, is you sign up for something, you do it, you, you commit to it, you compete, you push yourself. And it's not about things that you can't control. You control what you can. You, we find ways to improve, right? That's the, the Kaizen, you know, philosophy of how do we improve and how do we continuously, incrementally improve. And that's, that's what I've really enjoyed about it. The people side of learning and meeting new people, as well as just gaining a more um, aspiration or um, more enjoyment from seeing other people in their realm, whether that's mountain biking, trail runners, marathoners, you know, just all these different athletes and seeing like, that's special, that's awesome. I wanna learn a little bit, teach me one way, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so fitness to me today is competitive. It's also a way for me to meet other people, um, share my passion and my journey of, you know, Kaizen, right? Like, we're not competing, we're not doing fitness just to earn a trophy and check the box. It's more of a lifestyle. So for people who are just hearing the word Kaizen for the first time, can mm -hmm. you, you've given a little bit of a definition, but yeah. how you, yeah, yeah, just some background with that. Yeah, so Kaizen is a Japanese um, term for continuous improvement. It's, it was you know, adopted or created essentially by Japanese manufacturers during um, the production process, right? So it's, we are currently producing something. How are we producing it? Why are we producing it? What does our current process look like, right? How do we identify our baseline of that current process, find ways to improve throughout it, standardize, document it, and always be able to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, let's take a little bit from the top. Let's take a let's let's bring our feet a little bit closer. Let's you know. So for me, that philosophy is applicable to everyday life because there are a lot of different tools that promote kaizen. The same thing with our daily habits. I feel like we all have an operating system, whether we're cognizant or aware of it or not. Whether that's I always wake up on the first alarm or I press snooze three times. Those things can, you know, by first being aware, also being being aware and essentially documenting what is your process, and then going back and saying, okay, um, PDCA, plan, do, check, adjust. So I'm gonna do the best I can. I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna do it. I'm going to check it out, and I'm going to adjust along the way. We keep that type of mindset that 
It's power in that, and it's, um, it's continuous incremental improvement. The best thing about it to me is it's not saying we're going to be perfect. We're not going to jump from 10% to 110%. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to capture everything in one go. Continuous incremental improvements. So um, I've applied that to my life um, beyond, beyond a game. I actually learned it from the NBA program when I transitioned out of um, football. Um, fun fact, University of Tennessee has the number one supply chain program in the country, and um, I'm a proud alumni of our um, MBA, MBA program, so yeah. This show is presented by The Ginther Group, a real estate team based right here in the triad and the only ones we trust here on the Triad Podcast Network. I've been podcasting with Blake Ginther and his team for a few years now, always blown away by how well the experts at The Ginther Group can make sense of a rapidly changing and oftentimes chaotic real estate market. I know I feel smarter after each episode we record right here on the Triad Podcast Network. Then when it came to sell a home, I chose the Ginther Group. They steered me in the right direction at all times in terms of how much time and money to invest in order to maximize the things I wanted out of the transaction. And we ended up selling for nearly 10% above asking. Look, I can't guarantee you the same results, but why wouldn't you at least meet with them and see what's possible? Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to see if The Ginther Group can help you own your future. Now back to the show. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like that, um, that progress is linear? No, not at all. And that's the cool thing about it, right? And I always use a little graph that's on like the emoji. That's a, it's a trend up, but it's a hard trend up. And then it's a big, you know, big drop, and then it's a trend back up. And so definitely not linear in a sense, um, because all we look at it like this, all projects, all desires go through different stages, different forms. And there's, you know, there, there's unknowns that we can't control everything. But I think realizing value from everyday experiences, um, as well as different things that we, we, we um, submerge ourselves in. We have an awareness for, um, for learning, for being grateful, and just really being in that moment. I think that you know, taking those values and the value from those moments, like myself having those seven surgeries and you know, having the feeling of, you know, it could have been this, but it's actually this, so now what? You know, driving that to whatever the new thing is. Um, but yeah, definitely not linear, and that's what makes it special. I'm, I'm leaning into I didn't know you had seven surgeries. Um, yeah. I came off with three knee surgeries in the past two years, and I thought that was a lot. So I'm just like, wow, like, um, that's just something to, to take in. Like, again, like you, like you just said, something you're going in one direction, and then it gets completely taken into another. I had that experience in the military, um, so I can relate to that a lot. And it's just really cool. For me, listening to you talk, listening to you tell your story, it's obvious like, how passionate you are about that. And yeah, like watching you push that sled yesterday, like I know how bad that sled is on on asphalt. So just watch empty. I know how bad it is. Let alone loaded up with several hundred pounds. Um, it's it's just amazing what I was telling people. I um, think you were doing one of your laps. Like just how happy you are. Like and I didn't. I don't know or didn't knew even less of your story then. But I like, used to see like coming up from a single parent household to football, which is an, an aggressive style sport. Like you mentioned, channeling some anger management. It's just really cool to see somebody who's experienced life and leaning into the experiences of life and the process of living. That for me is really cool to watch you come in and do every day. Much appreciated. Thank you. 
And I feel like you connect a lot of your work with like mental fortitude. Can you speak to that? Like how the work that you do um, every day is how it positively or grows your mental fortitude? There was definitely some mental fortitude pushing that sled yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That was, I, I stopped more times so than I wanted. <laughs> but I, I was like, I, I signed up for it. I'm, I got three rounds of this. Let's let's do it. It took a lot longer than I wanted, but it, it was, it was. <laughs> yeah. So on, on the mental fortitude side, um, in another life, would I go down the same path without knowing what it would build me to be? Probably not, right? You write this on paper, you say boom, 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 all of these things. Mm-hmm. Probably like, nah, nobody really want to sign up for that. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds kind of cool in certain spots, but then it's like, no, like that, <laughs> that sounds horrible, right? But um, I think, so what I'm getting at is mental, my mental fortitude, and I can speak from my experience, it comes from my background, my experiences. I say anything that I do in his life is not considered hard work knowing what I saw my dad do, right? My dad, like I said, he stopped school in ninth grade, never had a chance to meet his dad. He raised three um, three kids in the household. We all have our degrees. He didn't have to come out, out of pocket once. But to see his commitment day over day, never making excuse. We never went hungry. We, you know, he cut yards in South Florida. It's 110 degrees in the summer. You know, so all these things. and. I get an opportunity to to learn. I get an opportunity to to push myself, to challenge myself. And like this week, my dad texts me and said, I inspire him. You know what I mean? So it's like, what more can you? So anything I'm doing, it's all relative. And when I look at my, my, my past experiences, I take the value from it. I take the value from it. I take the value from it. I'm going to continue to push into some sort because I have a lot of energy I'm going to push that energy into something some, something positive mm-hmm. and um, doing it with grace because knowing that where m- my dad started you know where if my goal is to take my kids further than my dad took me I have a long way to go you know what I mean so there's so much honor in that and for him to see that's that's so that's a big part of my family like I said those three that's a big part of me. The Triad Podcast Network is sponsored by Jennifer Johnson, owner of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and a local certified financial planner who helps people plan for big financial goals such as retirement or college. Especially now, navigating markets is challenging, particularly for those gearing up for retirement, young professionals, business owners, or retirees. Am I saving enough for retirement? As a business owner, do I need a workplace retirement plan to attract and retain key employees? Am I using the right individual investment strategies? Personally, I had some of those questions. Plus, how do I save for my kids' college education? So I went and got local independent advice from Jennifer and her team at Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They're located at Winston-Salem, and you can get started like I did with a complimentary, no-obligation consultation right here in the triad. Just call 336-701-1600 or email jennifer at the number 3-magnolias.com. 
jennifer at 3-magnolias.com. And be sure to catch Jennifer's podcast covering all sorts of financial tips, trends, and strategies right here on this same feed with the Triad Podcast Network. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Sounds like it motivates you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess to answer your question for others is, is you know, kind of circling back on your why and, you know, reliving your why. And it's not necessarily a commitment, quote unquote, right? Because a commitment sounds like a one-time transaction. And, but what it is to me is, is we, we make thousands and thousands of decisions a day. The first one being, am I going to press snooze? I hate snooze. I have one alarm. You get up or you don't, right? And even if you lay there for five more minutes, like that's fine. But don't. I just really don't like snooze. So, um, so that's the that's the start of the day, right? And then we have all these decisions. There's very very small decisions. Am I going to turn right? Am I, am I going to drink a Pepsi or a water? Am I going to do this extra push up? Mm-hmm. Do you find that more with the discipline, with motivation, with commitment? Like what works for you? Like I, mm-hmm. I admittedly I'll hit snooze. A lot of that will depend on whether my daughter wakes me up in the middle of the night or not. But again, that's an excuse. Like it's an excuse for me to get an extra thirty minutes of sleep that I lost. But what I, like so for me that I know that first thing that I do when I wake up is I'm gonna want to journal. I'm gonna want to stretch. Like I have a, a disciplined routine that I have a, a literally a journal and a checkbox for okay to do my mobility. Did I drink my cup of coffee? Did I sit down? Did I reflect on yesterday and what I want to do today? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any sort of morning routine that sets the tone for your day besides not hitting snooze? I do. Okay. Absolutely. And um, so my morning routine, I actually document it because I've had it set up. Um, I read a book by Robin Sharma called 5 a.m. Club, if you're familiar. It's, it's awesome if you haven't. Check it out. Um, so my first thing I do is like to, you know, have some type of meditation. So that's for me, that's five minutes and 34 seconds per garments watch. And mm-hmm. it just captures my, my heart rate. And, you know, I just try to be at peace. And so for those five minutes, 34 seconds before anything happens, that's my time with myself, you know, just grace. The next thing I'll go down and I do my scripture. And yeah, so during the scripture time, I have a Bible app and I'm on a hot streak right now. I'm like, 50 days or so, like nonstop. So I'm excited about that. Um, so I have a, a follow-up plan. I listen to it audibly. And during that time, I do 50 push-ups in a two-minute plank, depending on how my body feel. The 50 push-ups are non-negotiable, depending on how my body feel, um, shoulders and you know, elbows. So do some type of core, some type of movement while I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Then I go into 15 minutes of un, um, un wavering focus in reading so i'll i'll read um and i'm currently reading the comfort crisis oh yeah okay. yeah i'm okay. loving it yeah yep. michael lisa he's yeah, doing yep. a great job he okay put on instagram i was like oh we have read that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so and so i do those then i'll take my supplements so if we're looking at the 5 a.m club it talks about four different pillars health set mindset soul set and wealth set based on those four pillars this is how i've created my disciplines rather than like you like I like how you said it right disciplines rather than routine but um so those are the things and it takes me about an hour and um the fourth one being um you know podcast that I enjoy and or you know um investing in something that I'm passionate about because once the work they start I'm committing and I'm driving value to someone else's dream while also gaining skills myself but it's also it's like what needs to be done who needs to do it? When do it need to be done? And I can work those actions. And a lot of times that's through a walk or um, commuting. But um, that's, those are things that I do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I wrote down was um, 
And um, I might be a little bit off. I think it's actually 72 and 79%. But when we look at routine and um, and disciplines of that nature, a lot of people go for the gusto. I've seen um, a couple um, challenges recently. One was like a 75-day hard challenge or something. To me, it's, all right, if the person make it to 75 days, they're going to be exhausted. They're going to feel like they did it, they completed it, but now it's a, it's a it's a burden off their shoulders. But this type of lifestyle, Kaizen lifestyle, is supposed to be sustainable. So if if you have said person that's going, we have um, uh, 365 days, so let's look at it, um, six months, six months. If we have person A that commits to perfection throughout the year, makes it per- perfect to the six-month mark, per- person B gives itself a little bit of len- leniency, he's going five or six out of seven, five out of seven, six out of seven throughout the course of the year, we got person B that may not have been perfect none of the 52 weeks, but at the end of the mark, he's at about 79, 80%. Person B that went strong, went hard, went hard, didn't give himself any grace, when the year ends, he's at 50% because once he once he um, broke what he was doing, it's hard to get back on track from that. It's hard to give yourself grace. So, um, so my point to that is when we look at routine, it should be more of a discipline and also capturing the, the power of the small wins. It's, um, there's a small article that I like that was about the power of small wins. Um, it's like we, we gain momentum, we gain confidence, we, we do something small and it's like, all right, give me more, add more to my plate, all right? And that's where I am with my, um, with my disciplines. I've started um, fairly small and I've documented them so that I can streamline and say, this is exactly how I want these things to go. Whether or not I do them that way, I know I have standard document to go back to if if need. And what happens when things get thrown off? Mm-hmm. I mean, you say you give yourself mm-hmm. grace in the 75% or 80%, but mm-hmm. do you, when you kind of fall off the wagon or it doesn't happen or, or, or how do the people respond to you that you're in the day-to-day life with? Do they mm-hmm. get in the way of that? Do they support that? Like, mm-hmm. Personally, I try not to fall off too far, right? So I think the most I'll go is a day or two mm-hmm. without... and. When I say a day or two, that means that one or two aren't happening, right? Every day something's happening. Like, I'm, somebody can't stop me from breathing for five minutes, right? Well, yeah, but, you know, so um, yeah. so to, I guess to that point, it's so important to pay ourselves first, right? And we look at it financially and physically, but in this ever-evolving world and technology, wherever we work is, you're often always available. So even if, and, and my justification for this a lot of times is, you have Kurt that's going to spend a little bit of time doing some, maybe some fitness. Maybe Kurt's in a gym or outside walking the parking lot or in the back room doing some burpees, right? But then you got person B that's, you know, that's talking to every coworker, you know, listening to stuff on there. And then they're hanging out in the lunchroom is what I'm deciding to do with my time, right? So I think being intentional with our time. And, you know, and giving giving ourselves grace to say, hey, I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to whatever I do today is going to be is going to have value. I'm going to listen with intent to to listen to my, my daily devotion with intent to take away one message for the day. You know, um, so it's really um, like we said, discipline over routine. The Triad Podcast Network is brought to you by Ashley McKenzie Sharp and the Sharp Mortgage Team, who are here to tell you that there are options for people in Winston-Salem ready to buy a home, but are hesitant because of interest rates. The Sharp Mortgage Team can help buyers in many ways, including using North Carolina down payment assistance and a program called the 2-1 Buy Down. How does it work? 
The buyer pays a fee at closing to reduce the interest rate on the buyer's mortgage by 2% in year one and 1% in the second year. This temporarily lowers the buyer's monthly payment to make the home more affordable. Then in two years, the buyer can look to reduce the interest rate by refinancing the house. Now that so many homes are on the market, this is a fantastic way to negotiate with the seller so that you both win. The Sharp team is here to help buyers all around the triad purchase their next home. Get started with a simple email, ashley at sharploans.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y at S-H-A-R-P-E loans.com, ashley at sharploans.com. Um, we did want to shift to talking about um, the things that you're doing now, whether that's the noble as a noble athlete, which we can talk to this, the listeners about what noble is, um, going to the CrossFit Games and what you did there, or, and also your nonprofit. I just feel like there are things that you're doing outside of your, um, which you work at Hunt. You, yeah. you, your main. We haven't even talked about your main, your your yeah. main job. But anything you yeah. want to speak to any of that? Yeah. So the one I'm actually most proud of is um, is the Honeywell. Um, so I work for Honeywell. It's a Fortune 100 um, company that's more so technology company. We have five business groups: aerospace, um, building technology, safety, productivity, and performance material, and then corporate business. But um, super excited about that one because. This is something that's not in my realm, right? If somebody see me walking there, like, oh, uh, he's definitely not like a corporate guy, right? They say, hey, you're a personal trainer, you play football. <laughs> I'm like, no. But um, <laughs> so when I, I'll take you back to the story of when I transitioned. Um, I transitioned proactively, and my commitment to myself at that time was, if I get into the University of Tennessee's MBA program, I will stop playing football, right? At the time, I had no idea what would come of it. But I knew that I had to make a decision. Throughout that process, once I got accepted into the NBA program, I, um, I had seven teams from Canada reach out to me. I think it's like eight teams there. They were trying to get me to come back, but absolutely not. Made a commitment. Made up my mind. And um, so during, during the process, during the time at, 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 um, at University of Tennessee, Honeywell is one of our corporate partners. So with Honeywell, what I do, I work in supply chain. Is essentially the problem solvers for business, right? It's execution, it's standardization, it's also it's everything. It's from you know data to people to, to systems to processes. It's, it's awesome. It's what it is. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's my day-to-day actions. And outside of that, from a noble standpoint, it's even more awesome, even more because when I was playing football, I don't think I was like signed to you know, like in, in the NCAA. You weren't able to, and then yeah. in NFL, I was just like Nike. But um, for people who don't know what Noble is, you mm-hmm. can okay, yeah, that. yeah. Noble is um, an, an apparel product apparel company, you know, and the the thought there is, you know, Noble makes equipment, makes the product for the the person that don't make excuses that works hard right so hard work no excuses is is in short and um i really really enjoyed my time there it's it's been beyond awesome from a leadership standpoint a culture standpoint and it, it, everyone can agree to the product standpoint mm-hmm. right and i think they're on um, a huge trajectory you know and in, in breaking different barriers from different sports they started out in crossfit and so to to bring someone like myself on a team 
that um, that's dabbled in different things. Um, it's been it's been super cool. Um, so I guess that's where I can kind of tie in why, from my perspective, I'm a part of the Noble team. Um, I'm 6'4", 230, and I <laughs> originally from South Florida, and like I mentioned, um, was a high-level football player, really good in that. I also um, I also earned my Patty Freediving certification, and in that process, I held my breath for four minutes, and um, I've reached depths of 90-plus feet. Haven't touched 100 yet, but pretty close. So I love freediving. Um, on the running side, mind you, I'm 6'4", 230, so these numbers may not be impressive. Um, ran a half marathon at um, a sub-eight-minute pace um, down in South Florida. So if we remove the humidity, maybe around 745. <laughs> and um, my 5K is 1849. I actually just PR'd um, a one-mile at 521. So it's just those, I guess that's just a couple of the things that I've, I've done from a physical standpoint. And throughout all of it, it's not about bragging and boasting, but it's really living it, right? Because my life is very demanding. I have a great, um, great support team and my, my girlfriend, Ivy. And, you know, I think we're, we're a good team together. But, you know, what I like to say is I don't make excuses around when I have something from Honeywell that's due when I'm driving, um, you know, or supporting any projects or anything that we're doing from the Noble side, or if I have any competitions coming up. So um, that's where I think the alignment is of, you know, work hard, no excuses, doesn't really matter the realm and what you're doing it in. And would you like to speak to your foundation? I would love to. <laughs> yeah. So my foundation is called the Edge Foundation. It's and I hate to say my, right, because it, which is tough, right? It's like the Instagram people that's always putting like CEO or something in their bio. It's like, no, I just want to be. But yeah, so. But you're the founder. I mean, you founded yeah, it. Yeah, so. it's true. It is true. I guess it's just like, I, I actually, when I was putting it online, I was putting like leader, like, you know, you know, because it's like we're a team and yeah. But um, yeah, so the premise of it, we, um, we have a foundation called the Edge Foundation and the EDGE stands for Education, Development, Guidance, and Empowerment. Two pillars or two part we can look at. When I was playing football, I played on the EDGE. When I graduated or when I transitioned from sports, I had to identify what is my EDGE, right? And getting back into the NBA program, how many sacks you had was definitely not an EDGE because this, this, <laughs> this is all business, right? And so the same thing now going into a corporate business, what is my EDGE? How am I communicating or driving value to um, a Fortune 100 company when people in the same realm has been doing this their whole life? That's 30 plus years in corporate. That's engineers. That's MBAs. That's all these different you know certifications. So when we look at the edge, we look at education, development, guidance, and empowerment. Our mission to is to identify and develop high potential youth from the inner city to um, gain to give them the necessary skills and tools to gain an edge in whatever life throws at them. And when we say that, it's a long-winded mission statement. A couple of things I want to point out is high potential. Anyone from the inner city should identify themselves as high, as high potential, right? Um, the second piece is gaining an edge in whatever life throws at them. Whether you want to go to the NFL, totally fine, totally cool. If you want to go to the NFL, but if that doesn't work, how do you, you know, gain an edge in what, what's the, the unknown? How do you stay persevering? How do you stay resilient? How do you look 
down the barrel of the unknown and not blink, right? Being confident in whatever happens, I'm going to do my best. And in order to do that, you have to have some sort of experience, exposure in that realm, at least, or enough in your toolbox to say, I can deal with it. So what we're doing, um, in short, for, for, the 23, for the 23 year, we're going to have um, a college tour. We're going to get a lot of the kids from Knoxville and partnering with a couple, found, um, a couple um, other foundations to actually bring them to North Carolina. And um, so they'll do a North Carolina Central as well as Duke. And um, we're looking to, to partner with a couple of the universities around here. So the goal with that is to expose them to not just a different environment, but different university that has different specialties, right? Every university isn't created the same or created equal. And so I think for them to see something beyond their, you know, environment is monumental in the development. The next thing we're going to do is talk about financial literacy as well as um, computer information technology. Um, In the inner city where, you know, technology may not be as prevalent or accessible as we we can all see, the, the technology gap will the speed that in which technology and business is going, it will improve the gap if someone is not proficient or even understanding of the basics of what technology can do. If technology is not used as a tool, then said person will be left behind. So the goal with the, um, the financial and computer um, IT um, seminars will be to make it interactive and fun, as well as expose them to why is logic important? How is logic driven? You know, so just to get them exposed there. Why are banks important? What do banks do with money? Just answering the high level questions that may, you know, trigger something to say, I'm interested. I'm going to go on YouTube and watch a little bit more. I believe that we all have, um, we all are, we all are high potential and we all have energy and how we drive that energy is what's, you know, one of those thousands of thousands of decisions that we make a day. So we want to be on the front end to, to help support and drive that. Well, thank you for your time. Is there anything else you want to add about fitness and what it means to you and transitioning yeah. to life in Winston-Salem and yeah. um, your day-to-day? Two things. For the person that has not started in fitness, that's unsure where to start or what to do, two things you can do. One is walk, right? Set a time and uh, a specific a set time, listen to a podcast, and walk. Move the body identify how much time it took you to walk 30 minutes do the same thing next week or a couple days later when you're feeling pretty good and beat that time by 10 seconds right so we're gonna we're gonna get some continuous improvement the second thing around that that person that's that's new to fitness reach out to someone there's a lot of people that's that's um, passionate about fitness and I know that um, the team here will be be happy to have a conversation around it um, if you have set goals um, and if you're if you want to have a set goal and don't know where to start, you know, reach out. Um, PDCA, plan, do, check, adjust, right? So make a, make a game plan, attack it, you know, go back to the drawing board and make adjustments if needed. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 
This is the Triad Podcast Network.